right. Let's get this party started. Give it a second for everyone to jump in after that Cardinals win in game two of the doubleheader. My dog is impatiently waiting to maybe go outside, maybe just, I don't know what he wants. So if he decides to join us, you'll um, get a chance to say hello. Otherwise, we'll just carry on. Hey, Victoria, give some, some of the people a chance to jump in and watch. If you have not participated in a post-game chat uh, this season, well, this is what we call Blacked Out, which is, as the name suggests, our version of a post-game show for those of you who watch on MLB TV or who don't have Fox Sports Midwest and you don't have access to the uh, official post-game show as uh, the broadcast goes for the St. Louis Cardinals. If you can watch that and watch Erica Weston do her thing, watch my girl Erica Weston do her thing. But if you want to hang out with me, we're going to take the next 15-ish minutes and talk all things Cardinals. Like I said, the good, the bad, and the other stuff, whatever you want to talk about. So feel free to leave questions or comments. I can see them and I have it all pulled up on my computer. So if you've watched this before, I don't have to look sideways at things uh, to see what is going on. So that is a plus. New here and no Fox Sports Midwest, then this is the place for you, Maddie. So glad that you are here. Liz, thanks for joining us. Glad to have you along for the ride. Uh, so the Twins pose a very difficult challenge for any team that they face, really, with that lineup. Um, Victoria, you watch on MLB TV too. Uh, I cannot watch on MLB TV because I live in Iowa and we are blacked out from six different teams. Count it, six <laughs> different teams, including the Twins as well as the Cardinals. So if I was watching on MLB TV, I would not have been able to see tonight's game in any regard. So I'm glad that I have uh, Fox Sports Midwest access because that's the only way I would be able to see the Cardinals at all ever. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, I was on a podcast that aired today. I, I retweeted it earlier, and we were talking about that, that Iowa really is in a weird position of being kind of like the the leftover group of fans where Major League Baseball is like, people wait, people live there and they, they want to watch baseball? Um, yes, we do. And yes, we do. <laughs> but since that's not an option, um, you know, I fortunately have access to Fox Sports Midwest, but for those of you who don't, this is the post-game show. Uh, Victoria, you're only blacked out from Mets-Yankees. That's not a, not a terrible situation. I have friends in the area who are Yankees fans, and they love MLB TV because they can watch every game, except for when the Yankees play, like, the Twins or the Cardinals, I think, something like that. Um, yeah, so much, much better if you're an out of market, like completely out of market, just it's how major league baseball defines what in market is that gets a little fuzzy for states like Iowa that don't have a major league team. But anyway, the Cardinals being the major league team that we are all here to talk about. Well, if you're not here, if you want to talk about some other team, that's fine. I'm here to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals and the, what feels like 9,000th doubleheader that they've played this season, this time against the Minnesota twins. I was worried about this 
this uh, this two game set because of the last two game set that happened over the course of two actual days. But the Cardinals did not look good against the Twins before. Quite honestly, they didn't look great against the Twins today. In the first game, they looked completely overmatched. Although Barrios is definitely the kind of pitcher that I expected this lineup to struggle against. Um, a lot of weird movement, a lot of not necessarily overpowering stuff, but deceptive stuff. And it's kind of like the Hendricks thing to some extent. I think Barrios probably has a little bit better stuff from that perspective. Um, thanks, Liz. I appreciate that. But Barrios is definitely the kind of guy I expected them to struggle with, and they did. Carlos Martinez in that first game. Let's talk about that because um, there... <sighs> No COVID tomorrow or Thursday, and it's almost as good as a sweep. You're right. If we can get through this into the next series without there being a dramatic problem, it will be like four wins, <laughs> moral wins, if nothing else. Um, Carlos Martinez, though, coming back and, and making a start today. And look, I, I honestly think he looked better than the stat line looks. I think that the there was a little bit of consistency missing, but the extended layoff for him makes that not really a surprise, right? Coming in, maybe not necessarily rusty, but just not as sharp consistently as he would be if he was pitching every five days on a normal rhythm and, and all of that. His stuff looked great. The velocity was still up there. Man, he threw a few pitches for strikeouts that made the batters look absolutely foolish, which is what you expect when Carlos Martinez is throwing at his best. So that was good to see. The defense got a little weird again, which I don't understand let me back up, which is frustrating. I was going to say, I don't understand how it's happening. I do think that the oddness of this season is in large part responsible for some of the defensive miscues, whether it's guys playing out of position, guys playing with, you know, coming off of extended layoffs, um, you know, just the, the, the overwhelming nature of the schedule without a lot of off days to give them a break. Um, and just kind of the pressure that they've been under. Look, getting back to playing baseball is um, cool and great, and they're all looking forward to it. Hey, Zach. Um, but there's a lot of pressure playing in this season, especially coming off of that massive layoff, trying to deal with all the COVID stuff. Um, there's a lot of pressure to make sure it doesn't happen again. There's a lot of pressure to make up all of those games. There's a lot of pressure to kind of live up to their own expectations of themselves this season, even under all of those weird circumstances. So I think there's just, it's a, it's a even more of a head game than it would have been in a normal season, or even than it would have been had they started the year and not had the interruption in the middle. So I think that's part of it too, with the defense. Um, but you know, Lane Thomas was just one example of the defense uh, not being great. Um, do you think the silence in the stands gets in the guy's heads just standing out there in the quiet? You know, it's really interesting. I would love to know um, how the, the silence impacts them, even just in like their focus and staying in the moment of a game, right? Because even that Matt Weeders at bat that went, what, 19 pitches, that would have been like deafening roars from the crowd every time he fouled off a pitch which may have rattled the pitcher a bit more and benefited Matt Wieters a bit more. So there are moments like that where I wonder how much not having crowd noise 
Um, and, and even like the piped in crowd noise, it's just, you don't have that same energy. It's just noise, kind of like white noise in the background, not necessarily the actual energy of real humans <laughs> in the crowd. Um, so I wonder how much that would make a difference. And then as far as, uh, you know, standing out there in the silence, these guys are used to at this point playing in front of some kind of audience. Now, some of them coming up through the minor leagues didn't play in front of massive crowds, but crowds nonetheless, where there was noise, there was other interaction, there was something going on around them that may almost like elevate their need to focus. And without that, you know, maybe that leads to things like the miscues on defense. I don't know. It's impossible to say that for sure, but I have absolutely no problem saying that I suspect <laughs> that is a part of some of the weirdness of things we're seeing. Does this team finish at 500 making these weirdo playoffs? I think they have a really good chance to finish over 500. I think the schedule is their worst enemy right now, not because of who they're playing, but because of how many games they have yet to play. They're playing, including today, before the doubleheader today, they, they were going to play 25 games in 20 days. That's insane. <laughs> they have an off day tomorrow, which they better take full advantage of, get like all kinds of rest and recovery and massages and extra sleep and whatever it is they can do to kind of clear their heads and mentally prepare for uh, you know, I guess, what is it, 23 games in 19 days at that point? Um, because that's an insane number of games in a very con con uh, condensed time period. So as far as whether they finish above 500, whether they finish at 500, whether they make the playoffs, I genuinely believe that it's the schedule and how they manage the next, you know, 15 to 17 days, because there's probably two days in there that won't really make a difference one way or the other. Um, but the next three weeks, the way, the way that they have to manage that and not, it's kind of like, think back to 2011 when they went on that late season run and they had to play so many games where it was win or go home, right? That pressure every single game is exhausting. So this is kind of comparable to that in the sense that, every single game is absolutely critical, but in not necessarily in the sense that it's win or go home, but that it's, you don't have a choice. You have to play every single day and you don't get a day off and you can't take a break and you can't have miscues that cost you games and still feel good about where you're going, uh, where you're going to end up at the end of these next 19 days. But because of the playoff schedule, it does feel like this is a team that, it controls, they, they control their own destiny, right? The Reds don't look that great. The Brewers eh, don't look that great. Apparently the Tigers are better than advertised and have beat the Twins and are beating the Brewers tonight, I believe. Um, and the Cardinals play the those three teams uh, coming up, right? They play uh, two series with the Brewers, another series with the Reds. They play the Twins. Um, and then is that it? Is that it? Is that the <laughs> only teams they have left on the schedule? I have to look. But... Those aren't necessarily... Oh, the Royals. They have another series with the Royals. None of those are the toughest competition, but playing every single day and not getting a chance to let up could be a problem. Uh, you guys want to play baseball? Well, here's some baseball. Yeah, no kidding. Be careful what you wish for. Uh, sad for rookies coming up for their first major league experience and who are not having a normal crowd welcome. Yeah, Liz, that's so true. I think there's definitely... Um, 
something missing with when you see those debuts, especially because their families can't be there and you don't have that moment. Um, yeah, it's it's weird and it's unfortunate for them, but it's everybody right now. Everyone's dealing with the weirdness of this season. We're all missing something or feel like we've had something taken away from us. And that's just kind of how it is for them. So uh, the good thing is they're still getting a chance. And I think they would all say they welcome that opportunity to make their major league debut, fans or no fans. And then they just have to hope, you know, they get another shot at it when fans are allowed back in the stands. Um, this offense versus playoff pitching is the stuff nightmares are made of. Yes, I agree. Um, I think that there are so many... <laughs> A couple days ago, I guess as of today, if the playoffs started, the Cubs and the Cardinals would be that first series. Um, two days ago, it was the Cubs against the Padres in the first series, and that is terrifying. <laughs> Don't want that at all. Do you expect Dylan Carlson to come back and stay in the outfield rotation? I do think that will happen eventually, Glenn. I think right now he's in such a weird spot mentally because of the pressure that it makes sense for them to maybe give him some at-bats in a, a less pressure-packed situation, especially when they have to try to squeeze as much offense as they can out of anyone they can get it from. The, the thing that makes that weird is that they're not getting offense from any of their outfielders right now consistently, sans Dexter Fowler, who now is out for an undetermined amount of time. So if they can send Carlson down and get his head right and give him, you know, a little bit of ch a chance to just kind of get the mechanics back where they need to be, get him seeing good pitches. I know it's not going to be major league pitching, but it's a chance to get him back to where he's comfortable and then bring him back without that kind of cloud of pressure and expectation. Maybe that'll help jumpstart him. I do think he's going to come back and be effective at some point. I just don't know exactly when it will be. How do you think we fare against Detroit? To be quite honest with you, I do not know enough about what Detroit has done this year to feel like I can analyze that appropriately. I feel like it's been so complicated to just keep track of the Cardinals this year that I haven't, I haven't spent enough time looking at the Tigers um, other than to know that they're not great, but they've put some things together here in the last little stretch. So that's genuinely all I can say. I think the Cardinals have lost games where they've beat themselves more often than anything else. So the at-bats that we saw in the second game where they were forcing a lot of pitches, uh, you know, taking pitches outside the strike zone, letting them walk the bases loaded and then walk in runs with the bases loaded. Um, that's the kind of patience. That's the kind of grit. <laughs> that's the kind of uh, consistency they're going to need. Um, they didn't come up with a ton of big hits in that third inning, which is one thing that would be kind of an, a negative out of a positive, which I don't want to tr do a whole lot of, but like the Matt Wieters at bat, right? Amazing. 19 pitches. One of the craziest things that, that has happened in, in baseball for the Cardinals this season, which is a pretty high bar. He should have had a base hit <laughs> in that at bat. The fact that the pitcher won a 19 pitch at bat doesn't say a whole lot for the um, the offensive prowess of that at bat. So I still worry about their ability to create runs on their own without kind of just allowing the other team to beat themselves. So I don't know. That's all I, all I really can say about that. Based on how things went at Wrigley, how do you think the Cardinals would do in a three-game playoff series with the Cubs? I think it would be very competitive. I think in a three-game set, it would be 
like nerve wracking from the very first pitch because I think what we saw in that series and quite honestly in the first series with the Cubs is that these two teams are very comparable. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses, but they're very evenly matched in the sense of every pitch is competitive. No one looked completely overmatched. No one looked in uh, complete control. So as far as a three-game series, I think the, the team that wins that first game is at a huge advantage, maybe even more than normal, just because of how evenly matched they are. Um, how do you think we are with starting pitching since we have no off days? Uh, I think that you need guys to go more than three innings. You need your starters to go more than three innings. They have been fortunate that there have been guys in the bullpen um, like Woodruff to step in and um, they've been able to get good innings from some of the guys out of the bullpen that are kind of the long men, whether it's uh, Austin Gomber or Alex Reyes or, um, you know, I'm looking at who pitched – yeah, I mean, Gant can go multiple innings if you need him to. Um, I don't know that that's really where they're, they see him landing, but he can. Um, so they're starting pitching. I think Jack Flaherty needs to be more like Jack Flaherty. He doesn't necessarily need to be Cy Young Jack Flaherty because this season has sort of prevented that from happening, but he needs to go more than three innings. And uh, I think that if you get Carlos Martinez to a point where he can go five innings, especially with the number of doubleheaders that they have left, if your starter goes five innings, you can really manage the rest of it. Um, but these, these two or three inning outings, that's not going to cut it. Have we heard if Flaherty and Wainwright are pitching for Detroit? Uh, let me see if they have probable pitchers. Uh, hey, Graham, what's up? Uh, blah, 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 pulling it up. Their rotation has been so sporadically announced. <laughs> Let me see. I don't know if they have. Nope, it doesn't look like, at least not on the website, they have not announced um, those proposed pictures. Uh, if 18 stayed fair, it would have been legendary. The weeders at bat, absolutely. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Darvish and Hendricks are a really tough one, too. Yeah, that's a great point, Zach, as far as a, a potential uh, playoff series with those two. I think that – I think the Cardinals can beat one of them. I would never expect them to beat both of them. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. That first game is absolutely crucial. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a one-two punch that the Cardinals can throw out there. Yeah, like without, without Cy Young caliber Jack – Flaherty that um and look honestly Jack Flaherty has been beat up by the Cubs that's not necessarily a, a 2020 thing he had some rough outings um against the Cubs last year as well losing KK is a big deal hopefully he'll be back though I know he was out throwing today he was supposed to consult with the medical team either today or tomorrow so he may not be gone for the entirety of the season so we'll see what is this Lane Thomas play that people were upset about uh well um uh, the Twins catcher was on second, uh, soft line drive to right field, dropped in front of Lane Thomas. He kind of casually sauntered over to it and picked it up and kind of lollipopped a throw in instead of um, 
realizing that it was the catcher running and uh, and the catcher scored. <laughs> uh, catcher who might actually be slower than Yadier Molina. It is possible. I would love to see them in a foot race. Um, it was just like an unaware, uh, very unaware um, throw to n- not potentially stop the catcher at third versus getting him at home. I mean, if it just, it, he clearly didn't, wasn't paying attention either to the situation or just didn't try, which looked really bad. How sad is it that Jose was sent to Cub Satellite site? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this when that news came out tonight. Um, you know, the Cardinals traded him away thinking that they didn't have a spot for him because he was he's a DH. And then he's had an opportunity to be a DH for a couple of different teams this season and now is basically back in the minor leagues. Which feels really sad to me because he was such a a part of the piecemeal Cardinals offense the last couple of years that they got rid of him in the sense that they didn't have a spot for him in the the field, but he could still hit and now he's not getting a chance to hit either. So that that stings a little bit. Updates on Kim and Fowler, Liz. Um, Both have said they are feeling better. Um, for Fowler, it's a matter of getting off the medication that compromises his immune system, but seems to be feeling better. There's just no timeline that's been made public as far as when he would be off that medication, unable to return. Uh, and Kim was throwing in the outfield today, supposed to meet with the medical team to determine kind of a plan of attack for him. So no dates given on a return, but both, both moving in a positive direction. Cubs in the Cardinals series should end every season. Such a fun rivalry. Um, Yes, that sounds very stressful to me, <laughs> especially if uh, especially if playoff spots are on the line. That sounds absolutely terrifying to me because, especially at Wrigley, well, and and at Bush too, I guess. But especially at Wrigley, I always feel like just horrendously random and unpredictable things can happen, and I would be absolutely terrified if there were postseason spots or division titles or whatever it was on the line. It would be fun from the rivalry standpoint, but terrifying at the same time. (laughs) All right. uh, Anything else we want to hit on before we get going, before I get out of here? Wrap things up for the night after a long day. Can we talk about how long that second game lasted? I thought it was never going to end. Yeah, only if the Cardinals are far ahead and wins. That's that's the only way it would be comfortable for me. But, you know, they would feel the same way in reverse. <laughs> so glad to see Trevor back, but I wish the Royals would have kept him in the AL. Yeah, he's... Can we just talk about the Twitter version of Trevor Rosenthal? Like, there's a, a level of personality there that we never saw before when he was in St. Louis. If you're not following Trevor Rosenthal on Twitter, uh, you should do that. He's absolutely embracing his opportunity to be in San Diego in the beautiful weather with a team that's super exciting right now and a new fan base. And he's really engaged with, uh, with the fans, uh, with, with Padres fans. So that's new and kind of fun, but yeah, glad to see him getting another shot at it. And it seems like he is as uh, stress breeding as ever, but (laughs) you know, so it goes. Um, Jack and Gomber on Thursday, it appears. So, like, oh, in games. Okay, doubleheader. Jack Flaherty, game one. Austin Gomber, game two. Interesting. 
when you said that, Zach, my brain went to like piggyback start <laughs> because I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, that's not what's happening, but maybe it should be. I don't really know. Uh, and can we just talk about Jack Flaherty real quick and then I will wrap things up because he did not play today. There's a lot of um, dialogue right now about Jack Flaherty and the fact that, you know, what happened to him? Is he broken? Where did the the guy go that we all expected? This season doesn't count as far as how you analyze whether someone is good or someone is bad. That's my opinion. You can have a different one. It's okay. We can all still get along. Um, but this season is impossible to get a grip on how you accurately analyze someone's success or failures, especially in light of the extended layoff. It was almost a month between starts for Jack Flaherty. And not only was it a month between starts, but half of that, he couldn't even like train normally. He couldn't work out at the facility. He couldn't throw bullpens. He couldn't, you know, whatever, take as take care of his arm um, in the same way. So thank you, Zach. I certainly think it's the correct opinion. Um, but everyone was kind of panicked about the pitch count thing. And then when he wasn't on a pitch count, he just wasn't good. Um, but the problem with panicking or overreacting or underreacting, really any sort of attempt at making some sort of long-term judgment on Jack Flaherty or anyone else based on this season, I think is unfair because it's such an anomaly in the way they've gone about preparing for games this season in the way that they've had to sort of stop and start and in the way that the organization has then had to be excessively careful with certain guys or with how they work someone back or with how long they let them pitch in light of not wanting to jeopardize their lengthy future for a month of baseball where does it really matter? Are we really that concerned about individual success, individual awards in this season? To me, no. To me, the answer is if you want Jack Flaherty for the next couple of years to be Cy Young caliber Jack Flaherty, you protect him a little more aggressively than you would think necessary in this weird season. And then you don't overreact to things that don't go his way. That's, again, my opinion. <laughs> but that is how I think it we should be looking at this season, particularly in light of Jack Flaherty, because his situation has seemed so different than others. But I would also caution, he has pitched in, in nearly the same number of games as the other starters. Um, he's not missing that many innings from what the other starters have pitched. The, the pitch count thing was out of pure precaution, and I would rather them be careful and deliberate as opposed to irresponsible in the way that they bring him back to where they want him to be. So um, that's, uh, again, not to get like soapboxy, but <laughs> I have seen a lot of that. And I, I just, I would just say, let's all kind of take this season for what it is and not spend too much time um, over analyzing what does or does not happen. Did I get a cardboard cutout? I did not. And this is a very lame reason, but I've been out of work since March. So it felt like an expense that didn't necessarily need to be uh, paid for. So I did not get a cardboard cutout, um, but I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the ones that are there. However, I will say that they keep rotating who's in the front row and it creates some very awkward shots <laughs> with uh, a guy in the on deck circle and this like 
young child with a size head size three times normal, like creepily staring in the background. It's pretty entertaining. You're totally going to follow me on Twitter. Awesome. I am happy to hear that. Hopefully you enjoy that as much as you enjoy this. I had some weird conversations today where people apparently don't like me that much. So I will try <laughs> to not let you down at least mostly, but it's bound to happen eventually. Okay. I think that is all I have time for. I have to take my dog out before it starts raining again. Oh, he left. I was going to have him come say hi. But this has been Blacked Out for Birds on the Black. Thanks so much for joining me and hanging out. Hopefully you uh, enjoyed a little post-game chat since you couldn't or chose not to watch the Fox Sports Midwest post-game. Cardinals have an off day tomorrow, so everybody take a breath, <laughs> relax a little bit, and then recharge because it's going to be a wild three weeks. So stay tuned. I'll see you next time.